0: Good afternoon everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Saturday, July the 15th, 2023, at 12:39 pm, Central Time. Today's focus is... Does it really matter? No, 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 no. Today's focus isn't, doesn't, doesn't it, does it really matter? No, no, no. Today's focus is really something else, but does it really matter what today's focus really is? I mean, does it really matter? See, what I was supposed to say is today's focus is love, not the world. Because we're going to look at that famous passage about loving, not the world. But then there's a part of me that says, does it really matter? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Come on, come on. Just, it's just us. No one else is around. There's no one to judge you. Come on, come on. Let's be honest. How many times have you read the passage about loving not the world? How many times have you memorized it? How many sermons have you heard about loving not the world? And if you take all the times you've read that, if you've taken all the times you've memorized it, if you've taken all the sermons about it today, July the 15th, 2023, where are you today in regards to Love Not the world. Did all of that preaching matter? Did all of that reading matter? Did all of that memorizing really matter considering where you are today? Do you still find yourself loving the world and the things that are in it? Now, you may try to tell yourself, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. And maybe you have somehow, you have figured out the secret You have risen to that level where you can honestly look at everyone and say, I don't love the world. What do you think? And if you take all of the combined wisdom of all the sermons that you have heard, all the things you have read, written about love, not the world, if you were to take all of that wisdom, And you were to take a piece of paper today and you were to try to summarize, like you create the cliff notes of love, not the world. What does it mean? And how do you accomplish it? How do you know when you're loving the world? How do you know when you're not loving the world? And what are the five or six steps you're supposed to take? If you were to compile all of the wisdom about it, what do you think you would find? What would you come up with? I I would challenge you. In fact, I'm just going to look really quick. I'm just going to look. I'm just going to look. I'm going to go to the sermons 2.0 app. I'm going to go to the sermons 2.0 app because now I'm just curious. Now I'm curious. And if I I'm going to do a search for first John chapter 2 verse 15. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Um I don't have a number here, but let's just say there are <laughs> There are, I don't even know how many sermons. I have no idea how many sermons are here, but I am just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling down. I would challenge you. I This is what I would challenge you to do today. I would challenge you to go to the Sermons 2.0 app, do a search for 1 John 2.15, listen to, if you can, five sermons, just choose them at random. Just, I mean, make sure it's random. Don't, there's no pattern. You're just, just. Scroll, choose, scroll, choose And then just compile the combined wisdom of five sermons on First John 2:15. That's the famous love, not the world passage. And then compile that wisdom and say, okay, this is what it means this is how i know i'm doing it and these are the steps i'm supposed to to take to stop and ask yourself does it will all of that information really help you now most of you may not be willing to engage in that practice today but but it's really a challenge because i There's a part of me that that I want to just turn on the microphone and say, you know, love not the world and and preach it in a traditional way. Give you, you know, you know, three or four evidences that of how you know when you love the world, and three or four practical steps to help you stop doing it. But I just feel like there's been millions and millions of sermons preached on First John two fifteen, and so there's a part of me that says, does it really? matter. Now, I know that's jaded and I know that, but I'm just being honest with you. I mean, let's, let's just read the passage. First John chapter two. We all know it. We all know it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, if you read this verse, and you take it in a very, 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 very literal way, you don't water it down At all, you let it. You let it um, speak as plainly as it does, and you feel the full weight of it. You, You should get really, really nervous, right? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, some people will put this down as a test of one's salvation. How do you know you're saved? Do you love the world? And then you say, oh, because if you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. It's a test. Now, typically the way this test is done is a little dishonest, right? Well, I mean, it's not that you're going to do it perfectly and then we start watering it down, watering it down. If you listen to our discussion about law and gospel last night, you know where I'm going with this. Once you water it down, then you you take away the power of the verse. What and 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 that's not what it literally says if I'm going to read it again. I mean, you you've got to take it seriously. Love not the world neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. You can't say, "Well, I mean, I mean, it's just that that the overall direction of your life will show that you love God more than you love the world. What does that look like? What does that really mean? We We try to modify it. We try to grade it on a curve. No, the reality is any reasonable person looking at verse saying, oh man, if I love the world, the love of the Father is not in me, I'm done. Now, personally, I think this is where the law and gospel hermeneutic is so important. This is law. And if you read this law and you feel the full weight of the law, you do not water it down. You're going to say, woe is me. I'm undone. The love of the father is not in me. I am not saved. I'm going to go to hell. Now, others will say, so some will try to modify it, right? I believe we, we don't modify it. We we let it say what it seems to say. And then that is law. And then it drives you to Christ. And then Christ did not love the world. He loved the father. He, he obeyed this verse perfectly. In Christ, his obedience is imputed to me. His righteousness is imputed to me. So in Christ, I don't love the world. Practically, I still fall very short of this. Now, others will say, no, 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 no. It's not a proof of one's salvation. It's a proof of one's fellowship. So how do you know you're in right fellowship with God? Because they would say salvation and fellowship are different things. This would just mean that you're not in right fellowship with God. So you need to stop loving the world. But I mean, the the point is, if I love the world, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, the love of the Father is not in me. To me, this is law and this condemns me and my only hope is in Christ. Now, does that mean that we don't care about this? No, we still have to care. But I want you to really feel the full weight of that what does it mean to love the world what does that mean now some will try to say well this is this is a a very high level of love i mean this is where like you really they try to define love here in such a way that it'd be like i mean you love this above ever it's it's not just that you like it this is a an extreme level of love so you're not guilty of it until you whatever your feelings are about the world until it gets to this level it's the highest level so you can possibly give yourself some you know some wiggle rooms yeah a little bit of a little bit of a, a workaround but t- is that what it means so so let's just do this right I mean does it really matter i look i I just there's so many i I just didn't want to approach this today for today's focus and a very normal way. I, I'm trying to throw out the template. I really want you to just think about has it really matter? Like, what do, what do you do with this verse? Does it really matter in your life? Let's do this. I'm going to open up the Blue Letter Bible app. I would challenge everyone to download that. All right. The Blue Letter Bible app. I'm going to download it here. I'm going to I'm going to go to the Blue Letter Bible app. 1 John 2:15. I'm going to tap on the verse. I'm going to pull up the interlinear. And then I'm going to go love. I'm going to go to the word love. And do you know what the word love is? The Greek word for love here? Come on, do you know? What is it? What is the Greek word for love here? What do you think? What do you think? It is this Greek word. You probably you've probably heard people pronounce it different ways, but here we go. Here we go. Strongs G25 Agapao. 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 The Greek word for love here is agapao. Now, agapao is used a lot in the New Testament, just so that you know, agapao, the Strong's definition of agapao is uh, to love in a social or moral sense, to be loved. Agapao, that seems pretty general. The outline of of biblical usage of persons, to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly of things, to be well-pleased, to be contented at or with a thing. Agapao, I mean, there, there's a wide range of meaning here, right? It's to welcome something, to entertain something, to, to just be fond of it, to love it de- dearly, to be well-pleased, to be contented at or with a thing. Agapao. So when it comes to the world, are you fond of it? Are you well pleased with it? Do you find yourself contented with some of it? Agapao, it's used 142 times in the King James. Let me give you some places where agapao is used. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy. You are to agapao your enemy. You're not to agapao the world, but you are to agapao your enemy. For if you love agapao, then which agapao you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and agapao the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, Jesus said, Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven. 37, Jesus said to him, thou shalt agapao the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So on one hand, you are to agapao God with every part of your being. Now you're, you're going to fall short of that continually. On the other side, you are not to agapao the world. I mean, it's used, again, it's used uh, um, 142 times and 109 verses. Agapao. Look, not only should you find five sermons on the Sermons 2.0 app about John, First uh, John 2.15 and listen to them and compile their combined wisdom on loving not the world, you should also go through every use of Agapao in the interlinear. You should. You should go through every use of agapao and just see its wide range of of usage, meaning there's a high probability to some level this morning, this very moment, on this Saturday, July the 15th, 2023, you are agapao the world. You are agapaoing the world. There's something you are agapaoing within this world. I'm telling you, you are. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, it seems that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and and one Bible I have here, which I, I love this, it says these things are associated with the world are not just material objects. They are things that absorb human love to an undue degree. These are things that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They're the things that, that in a sense try to absorb your love, your agapa'o. It tries to grab your agapa'o and so that you're, you're giving that because you're supposed to be loving God with all of your heart, mind, body and soul. You don't have anything left for the, for the world. All of your love is supposed to be to God. You don't have anything to agapao the world because you're supposed to be giving your agapao to God. And well, you're also supposed to agapao your enemy because you're supposed to agapao your neighbor as yourself. So you're supposed to be loving people agapao. You're supposed to be loving God agapao, but you're not to be agapaoing the world. Now, here's the thing. Number one You don't agopao God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You're in perpetual sin against that. And to try to even pretend otherwise would be insanity. Therefore, because you don't love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, then you've got some agopao left to give to the things of the world, which you do and I do frequently, meaning that we can constantly find ourselves in sin. I think, once again, we have to use the law and gospel hermeneutic. This should condemn you. But some weird reason Christians read it. Now, first, we typically use it as a weapon, right? If someone else watches a movie that we don't like or think we think is wrong or listen to music or play video, we're like, love not the world. You shouldn't be listening to that music. You shouldn't be watching that movie. You shouldn't be playing that video game while we turn around and agopao things of 50 other different ways. I remember I was told that so many times in my Christian life. Oh, you can't listen to that music. Love not the world. And then you'd go to their house and be like... What movie are you watching? How about you? Love not the world, right? Like you all, you almost want to throw it back on them. It's like, it's such, it's so hypocritical to do that. Love not the world while you're loving the world. Give me a break. We're all in the same boat here. We're all guilty. We all love, we all go the world in some way, shape or form. And we have, we can't get anywhere until we acknowledge our, our our constant failure here. That's why my only hope is in Christ. Christ, love the father with all heart, mind, body, and soul. Christ did not love the world, Agopo the world. He, his bread was to do the will of the Father. That's where it was, was his focus. He loved Agopo, his enemies. He loved his neighbor as himself, Agopao. All of those things he did. And so in Christ, I do those things. But in practice, I fall short. Does it really matter? It does matter. But I think we we can't get very far until we at least acknowledge the problem. Now I do think it's interesting, personally. Verse seventeen here. Verse fifteen: Agapao, oh, love not the world. Really, has given us the command gives us the the danger of not obeying this command. Really, it's law. Love not the world, neither the things are in the world. There is the law. Here is the punishment. If any man love not the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, so you're already condemned. Okay, why are we not, why are we to do this? Because for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life uh, is not of the Father, but is of the world. In other words, we are not, if we're supposed to love, if you think about it in just like a logical progression of thought, the reason we are to obey this command is because we are to be loving God with all of our heart, mind, body so agapao agapao god with everything in us so if we love the things in the world then we're taking what belongs to god and we're giving it to these things it's absorbing the love that belongs to god only because god commands us to love him with all of our heart mind body and soul to agapao god so we're not to give it to the world because it's not those things are not of the world and then there's kind of like a Kind of a general principle here of why we are not to do this. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. The reason we should not agapao the world is we're giving our love to that which is not going to last. It's going to burn up. It's all going to disappear. So then you are giving your agapao to that which is vain and is not lasting. But we still do that all the time. Love not the world. Now, on one hand, it's law. That drives me to Christ. Okay, good. I can rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I can rest in his, his righteousness. I can rest in the fact that he did this for me. Okay, that's good. Now, in my practical life, what, how do I remove, how do I extract myself from a life of loving the world to a life of loving God? now i want you to think about this and because this i think a lot of christians miss this you can give up everything in the world. You can say, okay, I'm not going to watch movies. I'm not going to watch television shows. I'm not going to listen to secular music. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go to sporting events. I'm not going to watch sports. I'm not going to play sports. I'm going to give my life to the things of God. Every day is going to be prayer and sermons and, and ministering to people. And that's all I'm going to do. Now you realize you can do all of those r- religious Activities and they can just become nothing more than religious uh, activities. It can become nothing more than task you accomplish, and you could do those things and still not really be being loving God with all your heart, mind, body. So you still may not agapao oh God. So there's there's a danger even in doing all of those things. They just become religious ritual. They just become tasks. They just become burdens. Now, if we look up 1 John 2.15, say on Google, right? I'm going to do this really quick. I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to type in 1 John 2.15. And I'm going to pull up BibleHub.com. And I'm just going to just show you like how some of the commentaries handle this. All right. Um, okay, um, this is not really helping us much. I'm going to go to parallel commentaries. Okay, this just says, Love not the world. Pursue your victory by overcoming the world and all the temptations which may assault you from it. Whether from prosperity or adversity, from riches or poverty, honor or reproach, pleasure or pain, life or death, from the persons of the world or from the things that are in the world. In other words, the way you have, you know, just don't love the world. Uh, If any man love the world, esteem, desire or pursue it or anything in it inordinately so as to place his happiness and the enjoyment of it. So there they try to they try to find a level. Okay, just okay, just don't love it in an, an inordinate way. Don't don't place too much to it. They try, they still try to modify it a little bit. Right? And I see I think that's the problem. When we try to modify these or water them down, then we don't feel the full weight. You never water down or modify a law passage. You've got to feel the full sternness of the law so it will only drive you to the sweetness of the gospel. All right? Now, let's see here if they offer, if this one offers anything of any value. Um, most focus on the things of the world, not so much what it means to love, not it. Um, everyone wants to talk about the word world and the things that are in it. They don't really want to talk about what it means not to love it. Um, see, if if in this sense, okay, um if a person if if in this sense a person loves the world it shows that he has no true religion if he uh, uh, if characteristically he loves the world as his portion and lives for that, if it is the ruling principle of his life to gain and enjoy, that it shows that, that his heart has never been renewed. So this is take, making it, uh, the, going the typical way that is handled in most evangelical churches. Hey, 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 if you love the world, you're not saved. Okay, well, but then they have to try to modify it a little bit. Okay, well, I mean, love means they don't really go with agapao. What the, they they, they kind of just try to start modifying the word. I mean, if it if you make it, too much like there seems to be a level where you can get away with it and you can still be a Christian but then you you go too far but when when do you know you're too far um everyone wants to focus on the word world um see here we go the love itself forbidden and reference thereto is that excess. Therefore whereby any adhere to terrene things as their best good. So in other words, once again everyone tries to put a a um almost a level on this. Um let's see here. Okay, the, the love not the world, the habitable earth, the world in which men live. This is not to be loved by saints, as if it was their habitation, where they are always to be, and so loath to remove from it, seeing that they are but sojourners and pilgrims and and strangers here. This is not their rest nor their dwelling place, their continuing city or a proper country, uh, or proper country that is heaven. Nor should they love the men of the world who are the who who are as they came into it, are of it and mind the things of it and lie in wickedness. So this more focuses on why we shouldn't do it. See, no one can really... Clearly, that's, that's why I want you to listen to the, like, five sermons on the Sermons 2.0 app. Just to see, if you take the combined wisdom, like, if you, if you, if, if Sunday, if tomorrow you go to church and your pastor stands up and preaches a sermon, love not the world, neither the things that are in it. And then he, he, he maybe gives you a basic definition of agapao. He kind of tells you what love is. Then he says, here are the things that are in the world. Do you love this? Do you love this? Do you love this? He may mention some other Things do you love this? Do you love this? Do you love this? He may try to somehow explain what you know, how you know when you are loving it. He may try to explain it, define it in some way, and then he may tell you to stop doing it. He may try to give you some steps in how not to do it. But when you ultimately, do you really know for sure how to know when? Like, okay, oh, oh, oh I'm loving the world. I'm loving the world. I'm loving the world. Do, do you really know when you're doing it? And do you really know the steps to, t- and what are the steps to stop doing it? Now, personally, I think here's the conflict. You have a sinful nature in you and the sinful nature loves the world and the things that are in it. The sinful nature is at, is completely In tune to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's what motivates it. It what drives it, and it will drive you to it. So there's always going to be a part of you, always some part of you that's going to be loving the world because the sinful nature. That's what the sinful nature does not love God. So you're you're always going to be conflicted. But I think we preach so many sermons on this and everyone's like, amen. Oh, I'm so convicted. I'm going to stop doing it. And then we look for, we usually look for some very external things. Okay, I'm going to not do this. I'm not, not going to do this because I'm not going to love the world. But even if you're not doing those things, you realize you still could be loving them, even if you're not participating in them. So then are you truly free of it? Personally, I think you have to look at this as law and be broken by it. But I don't know. I don't know really what the steps are of loving not the world. The commentaries, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. How, I'm going to type this into Google. How are we not to love, hang on the world. There's got to be some Christian website. Okay, here we go. What does it mean that we are not to love the world? First John two fifteen says, Do not love the world or anything that is in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love uh, loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes from the Father, but from the world. Yet John three sixteen begins, For God so loved the world, so God loves the world, but we are not supposed to. Why the apparent contradiction? All right, so they're gonna deal with the uh, the contradiction, all right. Um, when we are told not to love the world, the Bible is referring to the world's corrupt value system. Satan is the God of this world and he has his own value system contrary to God's. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and 1 John 2, 16 details exactly what Satan's system promotes. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Every single imaginable, every sin imaginable can be summed up in those three evils. right. Uh, It says, the world often applauds sin. Hollywood encourages us to envy uh, sinners and foolishly compare ourselves with the beautiful people. All Loving the world means being devoted to the world's treasures, philosophies, and priorities. So so you can't be devoted to the world's treasure, philosophies, and priorities. Come on, look at Christians and their priorities in their life. Come on. Come on now. Uh, and, and, and And many of the philosophies Christians hold to. God, God uh, tells his children to set their priorities according to his eternal value system. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. No one can serve two masters. We cannot be devoted to both God and the world at the same time. So that it, they really don't tell us how to do it. They just try to tell us that we're not to do it. All right. All um, right see here. Let's go to this one. Yeah. None of these really give us a compelling idea. Uh, You see here. No, not not too helpful. Not too helpful. Um. Okay, <laughs> this is from a newspaper. So what does the Bible mean when it says not to love the world? It, and this is from the Oklahomian, uh, Oklahoman. Oklahoman. Uh, I guess a newspaper, maybe in Oklahoma. I'm assuming. All right, here we go. This is funny. This was published in 2010. It means you're not supposed to love money or toys, says Tyler, age 10. Instead, God wants you to love Him. He doesn't. He he doesn't mean that you can never go out and play. It just means not to play all the time. Now, I find it humorous because there's the kid trying to figure it out. Hey, I'm not supposed to. I, I'm not supposed to love money or toys before the kid. He's trying to figure it out. But but hey, hey, that doesn't mean you can never go out and play. It just means you can't play all the time. See, he's trying, he, even in his mind at 10 years of age, he's trying to modify it. He's trying to modify it. So, and that's why I think Christians constantly do. We try to modify it. And once again, you are not to modify the law. This is a law passage. It should condemn everyone because we're all guilty of it. Uh, someone goes on to say, I don't know where people get the idea that God is against play. If you were the only human on earth, you would know from watching animals that whoever created them intended for his creatures to play puppies, kittens, and even lion clubs all testify to the joy to the joy God must experience from seeing his creatures engage in healthy play. Just because some people can't imagine a spiritual Christian as anything but a killjoy doesn't mean joyful saints don't exist. Jesus himself challenged religious stereotypes by eating and drinking with sinners. By the way, he drank wine, which still bothers some religious people. Jesus not only drank wine, he made gallons of it at a wedding feast. I'm trying to get, I am trying to get you to drink wine. No. Okay. Am I trying to get you to drink wine? No. Uh, If you have a history of alcohol abuse, no, he doesn't, he doesn't even. So they go into all of that. The apostle Paul, the apostle John says, God is love. He also writes, do not love the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. When the apostle speaks of the world, he isn't referring to the physical sphere we call earth. Rather, it's a system of thought, motivation, and ideas. Love should define Christians and their relationship with God and each other. Lust characterizes people imbued with, um, characterizes people imbued with the spirit of the world and the demonic forces that shape it. The apostle John means loving and living for God is more important than being rich or famous. Worsi- worshiping God should be the most important thing in our lives. Says Anissa, age seven. So see, then someone else comes along. Okay, the most important thing in your life should be worshiping God. See, everyone tries to figure out exactly what this means. I love the fact that they're quoting uh, young people because I think they they're 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 basically just as smart as all of the people who've been studying the Bible for fifty years. Because nobody can quite really ever articulate what does it mean. Well, I mean, you should not love money and toys. That, that, no, 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 you should love God. But I mean, it doesn't mean you can't go out and play. And then even the article, I mean, yeah, you, you should be able to play and enjoy life. Loving not the world doesn't mean that. And then someone else is like, well, mean, it means you should want to worship God above everything else. Okay, well, that's great. Well, what does that look like? Well, we, for it to matter, we got we to gotta really figure this out. Let, let's see what this article does. The apostle names three lusts that govern the world. Anissa refers to uh, to two of them, putting riches before God is the lust of the eyes, which is materialism or coveting. A desire to be famous is the pride of life. The third lust is, uh, ref- uh, of the flesh refers to sensual pleasure. God created sensual pleasure to be enjoyed by a man and a woman within the confines of marriage, but sex outside of marriage is driven by lust, not love. I think you need to worry about God and not worry about having the biggest house, the fanciest car, or the most toys, says Kel, the age eight. But just think about people's everyday life, how much time they focus on money, material, property, life, future, retirement. Like at what point when you're like no 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 I'm just being prudent I'm just being wise I'm being a good steward at what point when when you're saying that that's what you're doing but really it demonstrates a desire and a passion and a love and a want how much do you enjoy things well, like what are the if you were to write the five things you enjoy most in life like you're really going to be honest what you enjoy some of it will be camping hiking hunting Who knows, family, uh, but how many people, if they're really even remotely honest, would be saying scripture and Bible study and sermons and worship. Now, you may say that in a church setting, but when it comes to your practical life, I don't know. It says, uh, this goes on to say, Christians are called to live by another life, the life Christ within them. When the Lord Jesus controls a Christian, his grace and love draws some people and repels other. Lust-motivated people often perceive love-motivated people as a threat to the status quo. In summary, Marshall, age 12, says, if we love the things on earth, we cannot concentrate on God. You cannot serve two masters. That sounds pretty good, right? But I wonder how many times we don't concentrate on God. I mean, I, I just don't. Okay. Think about this. The Holy Spirit and spirit of the world are contending for control of your life. Memorize the truth. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Ask this question. Is the spirit of the world or God's spirit in control of your life? Now, I always find that funny because you got to figure out which one is in control and then you have to put the one in control. But if the spirit of God is the one doing the controlling, then wouldn't you be in control since you're the one allowing it to control? So who's doing the controlling? Is it you or God? It's always like, hey, which spirit is controlling you, the spirit of the world or the spirit of God? You've got to figure it out and then you've got to put the right one in control. But if I'm the one putting it in control, then am I not the one in control? <laughs> like. That's so ridiculous. That to me is just, Christians use this language without ever thinking about logically. So love not the world. I do agree we should pursue not, I should, we should pursue loving God, not loving the, th- uh, the world. I, I agree we should pursue loving God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul, and not loving the things in the world, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the ass, and the pride of the life. I am 100% in agreement we should pursue that. But I think the reality is, we are in a perpetual state of guilt here. And to try to say anything else is crazy and to try to modify this or minimize this. So somehow you can appease your conscience so that you can tell yourself, see, I don't love the world. Give me a break. We do. So again... This is law which condemns our only hope is in Christ, who loved the Father with all heart, mind, body, and soul, did not love the world in an incorrect way, loved his enemy, loved his neighbor as himself. In Christ, I obey all of that. In practice, I'm still trying to figure it out, and I will argue— that if you look up the combined wisdom on all the sermons preached on this, I think you're still going to be left with a lot of, so exactly what does this mean? Exactly what can or can I not do? Because almost everyone, when they hear the sermons on First John 2, 15, it almost immediately turns into, grab my notebook. I'm going to grab my notebook right here. Grab my pencil and start making a list. All right. I'm going to spend more time reading my Bible, less time watching TV. You start making a list. And it just becomes very external, almost very legalistic. And you're like, I'm not going to do this. So do we, uh, by doing that, do we make it too physical when really, when we say love, not the world, it's really, is it more just about the ideas and the philosophies of the world? But then how do you know if you're not loving the ideas and the philosophies? I mean if, if really, if really our our life is supposed to be about God, is it possible that every Christian family should be living in a really small house that's as that's the cheapest that they can find, right? So they can spend they don't, they don't have to they don't have to bring in so much money, right? So it's only one car. I mean, you don't have any extras, you know, you don't have, you don't have two cars, you, you get a, you get a cheap car, a cheap house, you don't buy nice things, Right. Because you don't want to love the world. Because the more the more you you invest in, in a house and stuff, the more money you have to make, right? The more the more things like that, the more money you have to make. The more time, the more the the, the more hours you have to work, or the more or you you've got to get a college degree. So, like, how how much of the things of the world can you pursue and buy? To what, no matter even if you want to claim you don't love the world, I'm sorry, you're you're you're, you're being consumed by it. I mean, Christians will say they don't love the world and then they can barely show up for church when it's time for the church service. People will say they love not the world and they can't even complete Bible studies. But they are now Christians love to say, no, 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 no. I don't love the world. And I don't, whenever you mention certain things about the world, I don't do that very much. And I don't, that will make a million excuses to try to somehow appease ourselves. But exactly what does it look like? If, you, if someone was to walk up to you today, right, and say, hey, come on, tell me. Love, not the world. I don't want to do that. Now, personally, I think the first thing you should say is, that's a powerful verse, isn't it? Are you convicted by it? Yes. Do you feel broken over it? Yes. Do you see your guilt in it? Yes. Okay, good. Your only hope is in Jesus Christ who obeyed this for you, and in him you do obey it. That's where you start. That gives you hope and comfort. Now, from there, we do need to figure out how this works in our and our everyday life. And I would look at the person and say, "I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know if Christianity has ever quite figured this out." So, I would challenge you today. Look up five sermons on 1 John 2:15. I really want you I I it look if you're willing to do this. I want I want to see your like I want to see what you discover. What do you discover on sermons on 1 John 2, 15? What do you discover? Did you figure it out? Do you're like, this is the sermon that truly articulates it? And even once it's figured out that you know what it is and how to stop it, do you find yourself like, okay, good, I've got this down? Or do you still find yourself like, wait a minute, I'm still guilty? And then I want you to look, agapao, I want you to look up. The Greek word, agapao there, and I want you to see all the different 140-something places. It's used 140 times, I think, what, in 109 verses. I don't have the exact number in front of me. Look it up and just look up all the places that it's used so that you get all the wide range of meaning for agapao, right? Because I think Christians love to say, no, agapao is way up here, like, like you gotta really love it to be guilty of Agapao. In fact, I'm just going to go back to the Blue Letter Bible app really quick, because now I just want to see, I'm just going to see how quickly, what I discover here. Okay. Agapao. I'm just going to go through here. All right. Um, Okay. See, I'm just looking here. Okay, here we go. Um, Luke 7, 5, for he agapao, our nation. That's about loving our nation. Uh, see here. Oh, woe unto the Pharisees, for you love agapao, the uppermost seats in the synagogues. See, see, that's that's the Pharisees just loving. Now, you would probably, do they really love it or do they really long for it? But the word agapao is used here. Um, uh, 1 John, or John 12, 43, for they loved agapao, the praise of men more than the praise of God. Um, I see here. I'm just going to skip the Gospels here. I'm just going to skip the Gospels. I'm going to go to... Okay. I'm just looking at all the different ways that it's used here. Husbands love your wives, agapao your wives. That's interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm just looking all the different ways that it's used. You should look. You should look all of them up. Um, uh, well, here, for Demas hath forsaken me, for uh, 2 Timothy four ten, having agapao this present world. Now you may you may feel agapao oh, is is a certain le- maybe maybe we can identify a certain level in which because here's the thing we we know we're going to be involved and engaged with lots of things in this world right material goods ideas philosophies Right, ethics. Like they're they're so we're going to be constantly engaged with these things to some level. You're going to own property. You're going to do things for entertainment. You're going to pursue education. You're going to pursue a career. You're going to try to get that promotion. You're going to try to get that raise. You're gonna you're gonna do things. You're gonna you're gonna have all of that. You're gonna have all of that. At what point does it you it has too much of you? At what point does your agapao and you say, well, I don't really. We can try to tell her, I don't really love those things. I don't really love those things. Yeah, but when when do you know that you've crossed the line? It's almost like if we were really honest with ourselves, like if we stood in front of Jesus and you said, what must I do to have eternal life? And he says, well, obey all the commands. Okay, I, I, I've done that since I was a child. Really? You remember that command, love not the world? Yeah, I remember the command. You obey it? Yeah, I obey it. Oh, really? Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Sell everything you have and send it to the Theology Central podcast. Come on. How much money is in your bank today? Take 50% of it and send it to the Theology Central podcast. Come on. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Come on. Come on. You can't serve God and mammon. Come on. Come on. Now, come on. If we were really, see, when we're really put in that kind, it's one thing to leave the church going, okay, love not the world. I'm not going to watch. Okay. I'm going to spend less. I'm not only going to watch an hour of Netflix tonight and, or whatever streaming service you're using, Peacock, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, you got whatever streaming service you're currently, Apple TV Plus, whichever one you're using. You're like, you know, no, 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 no. Only 30 minutes. And I'm going to read my Bible for two hours. Love not the world. But I mean, I wonder how, like, I, I, I just think we talk about it so much, but I don't know if anyone truly has has struggled through it. So uh, your your assignment, if you choose to accept it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm quoting from a movie that I just saw. Was that loving the world? Okay, all right. I was mission impossible. Okay, all right. But you get it, All right, If you choose to accept it. But I really, really, really would challenge you because I think it would be a little eye opening. Five sermons. Just randomly chosen on the Sermons 2.0 app. And just take notes and just compile. Like when it's all said and done, what does it mean? Love not the world. What does that mean? And then look up Agapao, go through all the usage. I think maybe you'll get, maybe, maybe we'll get kind of an idea that it is, you know, typically, I think it's referenced as the highest form of love. Okay. But if you look at its outline of biblical usage, it, it seems to have a wider range of meaning than we typically, that's typically that preached. You, you can look it up yourself. You look up the interlinear. You look up the lexicons. You, you do your own work. I have a feeling we're, gonna, we're not going to be done with this. We're going to talk about that. I think maybe, maybe I, I, I don't want to do the time the time, but maybe I should just choose five sermons at random to review them and just see what we find. if we can figure out exactly what it means to do it. And I wonder how many would point us to Christ who did it for us and how much of it would just be law, law, law. I think most sermons are just law, law, law. But I'm telling you, if you truly just, if you don't water down 1 John 2, 15, it should scare you to death. Wait a minute. If I love the world in any way, shape, or form, the love of the Father is not in me? And we say, well, not in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you mean, yeah. And then we start trying to to, no, it's law. It's supposed to completely condemn you and making sure you realize your only hope is in Christ. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Today's focus? Does not matter? I'm, okay, no, it does matter. Today's focus really is love, not the world. 1 John 2.15, I really want you to struggle with... How you've handled that verse in the past, how you're handling it in the present, maybe how you think about it moving forward. Love to get your thoughts. Contact me. That is your Today's Focus for Saturday, July the 15th, 2023.